Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus. And in today's episode, which is going to air on September the 19th, I'm going to jump into what I would say is a reoccurring theme from time to time, the effect of Christianity on our culture and the importance in our country. Um, As you may or may not be aware, there was a Meet the Press special, for lack of a better word, where they investigated Christian nationalism. So they went to a place called Moscow, Idaho, and I'm going to entitle the episode Moscow in Moscow, question mark. The idea being that Christian nationalism is just another way for opposing tyranny or an imposing theocracy were to come about. And the whole piece is slanted, which of course we would expect nothing less than that, but it comes across somewhat even-handed. I mean, if you're just taking into account what you're dealing with. Um, and if you wanted a full breakdown on what went on in this episode and a, uh, I don't know if it'd be a rebuttal, but just a way to understand it, check out John Harris's show, Conversations That Matters. He is also a good podcaster. I'd like to listen to him about once or twice a week to stay abreast of the issues that he covers. So the episode of Meet the Press Investigates, or whatever they call it, a guest posted on 9-15. Ann Thompson was their investigative reporter. And she went and interviewed a guy by the name Doug Wilson in Moscow, Idaho. Now, some of you that have been paying attention will know that I've often referenced the guys in Moscow. He is the leader among them. He's a senior pastor there at Christ Church. He is a Presbyterian, and though I... I'm not on board with baptizing babies. I do appreciate what they're trying to do by and large. So that being said, the entire piece is built upon the idea that we cannot have Christians influencing their culture. The subtitle was creating a Christian town. Well, I would suggest to you that pretty much every town in the United States at some point in the past was a Christian town because the predominant faith of the people that lived in that town was Christian in nature. So while they may not see Jesus as their Lord and savior, or they don't subscribe to a specific um, set of criteria that they belong to one Christian sect or another Protestant or Catholic or Orthodox or any of that by and large, they were brought up with a Christian worldview, a Christian mindset and, and even if it's only been twice removed, they at least accepted that that was the moral framework and that was what we developed our morality from. And that wasn't an issue and that wasn't a problem until as of late. So the idea where I'm coming from on this is they're actively recruiting Christians to move to this city, predominantly Presbyterian or uh, what they would call... um, Oh, the my We'll just call them strong Presbyterians. I, I'm um, missing out at the word at the moment. But the idea being is that they're conservative in nature, they're strong in their faith, and they want to come there and be involved in the community, be involved in what's going on around them. And, you know, 
other than maybe the Baptist church, there's just not a lot of people that get involved with this, which to me is really sad. I mean, the church has abdicated the role they had once upon a time, which is to build upon the culture that we had to build a moral world to take the idea of a Christian society and bring it into reality. Now, the idea isn't that we're going to go around and Ann Thompson brought this up, which is kind of funny. No, nobody's advocating that we should um, stone homosexuals. Nobody uh, thinks that we should go around executing uh, mothers who kill their babies. You know, these, these are the two big issues that they brought up. Um, I myself give nary a thought to what some other dudes doing with another dude or what other chicks doing with another chick until they start messing with children. Uh, And basically his response is, well, yeah, of course there's going to be gay couples, but it's not going to be legally recognized as marriage. I mean, that's not what we would want in our city. That seems like a very tolerant worldview. seems like a very open mindset. Well, yeah, we understand you guys don't subscribe to our, brand of Christianity. You guys don't see yourself as Orthodox Christians. You're going to go do your own thing. Okay. Uh, We're not going to be in agreement with you, but we're not going to, I don't know, do anything violent towards you. One of the interesting things was they did a little roundtable discussion and one of their academics threw out the idea that, well, this stuff's all fine and dandy until they get violent. But I would ask you over the past, I don't know, 50 years, which group of people gets violent? Are they communists? Yeah. Are they atheists? Yeah. Are they, mm, let's call them activists of other sorts that are generally not Christian? Yeah. Now, what I found interesting is they didn't bring up the trope that this is all white people, because clearly it's not. And particularly if you're in Idaho, I mean, you're already starting at about 90% white folks, right? So, I, I'm grateful that they didn't at least didn't mix that in, that they didn't, you know, take that as a uh, <laughs> another whipping post, if you will. The sad thing is that they critique people from, I don't know, reading the Bible literally or taking it seriously. And I, I really don't see the problem there. I, I don't I don't understand what is such a difficulty for them with that? It's, it's, it's not that hard that if somebody takes their faith seriously, that they might, I don't know, take their Bible seriously. They, they might, you know, be literal about it. I I, I don't understand what the challenge is. I mean, but the idea is, is they want to take, their Christian faith and imbue it into everything that they do in their lives, which is something we're supposed to be doing. It's only people that are fixated on the Machiavelli or the Machiavellian mindset where we're going to separate and compartmentalize our lives and take our little Sunday service business and stick it on Sundays and live our lives as pagans the other six days out of the week. That doesn't usually end well. And it's certainly not a good way to lead others to salvation, right? Uh, it's just, I guess it's just the best way to look at it. So 
Um, their fear is that Christians want to change the culture. They want to uh, build out their culture, if you will. And, and that that's a big fear for them. And it's interesting because why? They don't fear when we import millions of people from other countries and other cultures and they bring their stuff here and we're supposed to all be okay with that. We're not supposed to have a problem with it. But the fact that, you know, somebody pushes back or wants to do something different is a problem and it doesn't make any sense. It really, it really, it fails to impress upon me the double standard and nobody sees it or recognizes it for what it is. It, it, it shouldn't be that big of a challenge. Now, you can not like it. You can say we're offended by it. You can say that we we uh, are fearful that, you know, if there's a plenty of men and women around us that do the right thing, that it make us look bad. Okay, well, that's a fair critique. But realistically, I, th- I think the problem is yourself. And th- that's the other thing that I noted. And John Harris even caught on this and brought it to the front multiple times is the things that are making accusations of the Christian nationalists doing, they themselves are doing. It was projection at a grand scale. And the idea that this is a problem, just, it it, it surprises me that when one side does it, it's perfectly fine and we want to you know, we want to celebrate it, but if the other side does it, well, it's a big problem. So, uh, I want to take one more, more, well, a couple more things here and insert them in here, if you will. So, if people would choose to, you know, rally around a certain area and they feel the same way and they want to do a Christian lifestyle, right? They want to live as good Christians, that doesn't necessitate theocracy. It doesn't necessitate they're going to force everybody around them to do the same thing. And just because they champion that doesn't mean that they are going to force anybody else to do it. So again, I find that a challenge and why why they get so hung up on that is particularly interesting because quite frankly, Christians don't have a long history of mass forcing of their faith and their belief. In fact, Christians have always been quite good about saying, follow me, follow us. We'll teach you the right thing. We'll, we'll show you what's, you know, what's what we're going to, we're going to bring you alongside. We're going to encourage you to come join us. It is only, I wouldn't say only it's predominantly other faiths (laughs) that fall into that problem. A good number of them also come from the Middle East, but we'll leave that one alone for today. But again, they don't have a problem while we're on that issue. They don't have a very big problem with what's going on in several um, northern towns, particularly, uh, yes, let's call it Dearborn or Dearbornistan, Michigan, right? The Muslims have moved there in large numbers and they've essentially taken over that town and they, they are enforcing their rules, their laws. And we're all supposed to go along with that. We're all supposed to be okay with that because then all those people choose to live there and they're, they're just going to have to go along with it. And 
that's that's not a problem. But if Christians want to do, oh, I don't know. Hey, we in this town, we believe in the Christian faith and we would like everybody to agree with us. We're not going to make you do these things. But we would like you. This is what we expect. This is what we want to do. But again, that's not okay. That's a problem. And what's interesting is these guys are Presbyterians. And they get along and work with uh, Baptists and other groups. But they themselves are a church that's growing and they're, they're working on that. And they spend a lot of time standing strong on their specific angle of their faith. I mean, obviously they're hardcore Calvinists, six points, whatever. And they're PCA, not PCUSA. PCA, PCUSA is uh, pretty much, <laughs> they, might, they might as well. They might as well be Unitarian. And I got another one on that to follow. But when you basically reject everything that your church and your faith believes to, I don't know, embrace the culture around you, you're ceasing to do the job you were put in to do. So again, what's the harm? What's the harm of wanting to inspire people to try and live the Christian faith, inspire people to try and live with the Christian worldview. What's the harm? What's the problem? I mean, they, they scream and cry about that's the end of the world, but they have nothing to say. Now they tried to flip it up on us. You know, well, we don't want, you know, to force people to live or we don't want other countries. Let's put it that way to force Islam on them. We don't want other countries to enforce atheism on them. Well, yeah, that's true. And we're not looking, or these folks in Moscow, for that matter, aren't looking to enforce any religious outlook on anybody. They want to convince them, which is the proper way. I mean, that that actually is something the Enlightenment was in support of. Thomas Jefferson was in support of, which was the other irony. They kept talking about the separation of church and state and how important that was, but they got it wrong. They got it terribly wrong. And and I don't understand if it was on purpose or if they're just that dumb. I, I would like to think with two PhDs on this round table that they're just misinformed, that they're uh, purposely twisting words as opposed to being that dumb. I, I, I I find it hard to believe that somebody with a PhD is dumb, but, you know, anything's possible. And if you think dumb sounds harsh, well, I, the only other option is they're evil. So by calling somebody dumb as opposed to evil, I am trying to give them some grace, the benefit of the doubt, if you will. So I guess one last um, reflection. Um, the other night I watched a movie with my wife was called come Sunday. And this basically comes out of the uh, Pentecostal church and I'm not Pentecostal. I don't, I mean, that's just not my thing. If you're Pentecostal, no disrespect, but I, I, that's not my thing. Uh, We both uh, believe in Jesus and that's good enough for me. Um, And there's only salvation through him. But the the movie was about a pastor that 
has the idea that God spoke to him directly. And he takes several verses out of the Bible and cobbles together his new view that we're all saved. There is no hell. And I turned to my wife. I said, so basically he's become a universalist. Like some new grand revelation. This is nothing new. This has been around. And the movie critiqued the idea that he was called a heretic and kicked out. Well, actually, that is heretical teaching in most Christian faiths. Now, if you're a Unitarian Universalist, I have a hard time believing that you actually classify yourself as a Christian since you have an entirely different interpretation. And you reject the very teaching of Jesus when he says, clearly, I'm the only way. But be that as it may, you're entitled to believe what you want. I'm not going to, you know, force it on you one way or the other, contrary to what some of these fear mongers were saying about Christian nationalism. The idea is, and this is the one takeaway I had, the guy, though I disagree with him and I believe he was wrong, he had enough integrity that he broke fellowship with his church with his people lost his own personal church that he was the leader of and then later on came out as basically being a Unitarian Universalist he could have very easily folded and recanted and played along as a Pentecostal they encouraged him man if you'll just repent from this if you'll just say I was mistaken we'll we'll take you back with open arms we love you brother now I like I said he's wrong I I think he's wrong but gotta give a little bit of credit to the guy I mean he lost all of that because and I they painted as he was deceived i would i would agree he was deceived but he was convinced that this is the right thing to do and rather than go along to get along he stuck with his conviction wrong though may be you know that was my takeaway the other takeaway i got out of this movie is they actually portrayed oral roberts in a neutral way almost sympathetic way which was quite frankly shocking to me because it's really easy to hate on oral roberts it's really easy to hate on any of these guys you know that were televangelists for lack of a better term but but they you know martin sheen played him which that was kind of a red flag but martin sheen's a good actor and he did a fair job i mean he 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 played it convincingly and he played it pretty straight so again his church the pentecostal church didn't bury this guy the the pentecostals they rejected his teaching they said you can't claim to be one of us but they let him go on his way i don't really think the movie touched on you know any kind of schmear campaign or any kind of attempt to bury the guy probably naturally happened because the people that were going to his church didn't agree with where he was going but it was just an interesting thing. Faiths break. I mean, um, I mean, I referenced the uh, Presbyterian Church. I mean, there's the PCUSA, which is basically the, all the leftists. And then there's the Presbyterian Church of America. 
and they're the center or center right folks. And then, of course, you got some, you know, people that are pretty hardcore. But it's not that hard. We can get along with each other. There's no reason to fear. There's no reason to hate. But it's only if you're a Christian do they get concerned or fearful. No, no, they don't fear Islam. Another, just an aside, uh, I John Harris mentioned the fact that a group of Orthodox Jews moved into a town and essentially took it over. And they had a, we'll call it a working majority. They took over the school boards and they took over some other stuff. And where's the angst? I mean, the locals are probably not super thrilled about it because, you know, this is changing things up a bit. And their local people in power probably had to take a back seat. But there's no hate. There's no, you know, television shows saying this is the end of the world. I would just encourage you as a a listener here, keep in mind, this goes on from time to time. Different people move from place to place. Different um, movements come through. You really don't have anything to fear from biblical Christianity. None of us want to force you to do anything, which is a lot more than can be said for at least two other groups that I've previously mentioned. They're all about force and compliance and submission. And if you feel uncomfortable and you don't like it, you can leave. You don't have that option with either of those two other groups. So, to wrap this up, no, I don't believe there's any hint of Moscow in Moscow. There's no tyranny under the wraps. There's no emergent theocracy coming to bury us all. Likewise, I very find it very hard to believe that that is going to be the outgrowth of any Christian church or any quote-unquote Christian nationalism. Quite frankly, I wish the Christian church in my town was a little bit more active. I wish the Christian church or leadership of some of these churches would get out of their offices and be more involved. It's very concerning to me the way that we have allowed our culture to be sexualized and pedified in such a rapid period of time and the church has done nothing. The church needs to be active. The church needs to be involved in the community around them. The the church needs to be pouring into the local culture. The, The church is supposed to be that shining light of truth. But if they're hiding their church office or cutting deals with some local leaders to stay in their good graces, how are they salty? Perhaps they're under the bushel. I don't know. But I think the last thing, that last real concern anybody should have in this country is Christian nationalism. And with that, this was According to Callus. This was episode 264. And I'll be back tomorrow with the Texas Tuesday. Until then, I will see you on the other side.